0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is season 2, episode 148. And what we're going to do is, I know uh, over the past couple of episodes, we have been hit and miss with our uh, unsolved homicides and uh, abductions or disappearances. Uh, We have added in a lot of um, political uh, views and uh, current events Just because of the nature of the times and what's been going on. If all of this hadn't been going on, going on, we would have probably just stuck to the normal um, syllabus of what we do here with the cold cases and this and that. So I was, I was reading through some articles and stuff like that, and you know, we have to realize in crime, you know, maybe up to the 70s, maybe early 80s. Uh, If you committed a crime like a murder, unless there were fingerprints or something directly linking you to a crime, it was more than likely or easier to get away with the crime and live a life, and then um, that was it without being caught. However, in today's world of forensics, um, it's not like that anymore. And I want to go over, uh, I took some notes, I'm just going to go over a couple of the cases that were... uh, Uh, that have been um, solved over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, 1995, Crystal... uh, Some of these names are longer names. Bezel Owich. She killed in 1995. Her body was found along the uh, Provo River, which leads... uh, And I'm not sure exactly what state that's in. I'm trying to look here. I believe it was probably is trying to look real fast to see where that might be. There is no actual state. Just gives a kind of a, a localized uh where she was Provo River. Uh so if you look up that you'll probably find it. The interesting thing was um another uh former forensic um what they did was they had a um a piece of granite. She, she, she died of a, uh, blunt force trauma to the forehead or a crushed skull, uh, by, a uh, granite rock, which was taken into, uh, evidence. And it was later, they had done some high tech, uh, DNA extractions on it and, uh, matched to a Joseph Michael Simpson who had been, uh, a resort bus driver in the, uh, area at the time of, um, uh, Crystal's death. Who's uh, not he's now 46? Was arrested in uh, Florida in September. Um, some quick comments on that. We are now being able to starting to be able to uh, remove DNA from uh, uh, evidence that has a, you know coarse evidence uh, rocks. Fragmented metal and all those kind of things. And it reminds me of the um, 1973 homicide of uh, Susan LaRosa. And although it was never officially solved, uh, I did locate a a witness, uh, an ex-relative, who had actually been called to the apartment after the homicide uh, and um, reported that She had been struck in the head with a rock um, uh, by her then husband, Robert LaRosa. The apartment was on Ward Street in Burning, 22 Ward Street in Burning, Connecticut. Um, The whole confession that I was given by the ex brother in law can be found in one of my books, which is um, Missing in Connecticut. Uh, it, it pretty much, very um, pretty much pointed with some sp- pretty specific and accurate details of who and what happened, as well as her uh, five-year-old daughter at the uh, time who was in the apartment, Stacy LaRosa. So you might want to check that out. But yes, they did finally arrest this guy uh, after. All these years, which is good. The second one, uh, 1971, the disappearance of uh, Sherry Miller and uh, Pam Jackson. And let me see what I have for notes here. You got to kind of excuse me. I'm working off a laptop right now and I'm trying to move it into a position where I can actually see. Um, both of these girls were 17 years old at the time of their disappearance, which was 1971. Um... It's kind of interesting because the dates are a little messed up here because it, it, it says they were found by a, uh, a fisherman near, uh... Blue Creek. And the one thing is they, they give the general locations, but they don't go a state with this. Um they have them missing in 71. They have the fishermen finding them a partially uh, submerged car near a gravel pit in 60. 60 could be 80, or 71 could have been the date they were found, and 60 could have been the date they disappeared, but whatever. Um, the case is, it was 42 years old. So, the Disappearance is no longer a disappearance. I guess that's what they were trying to put out in this, that um, they had them listed as this uh, But then, then again, you know, let's face it, if the, the car's in the water, most people don't take their cars and just drive it into a lake, uh, unless there's some other um, reason. So I would still consider that a homicide, an unsolved uh, homicide. Uh, then we have, uh, Pamela Shelley. Um, it has, I, I see what they're doing. They're, 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 they're listening to dates that the cases were covered. Um, yeah, these, these notes that they, they left in this text are kind of, uh, hit and miss. So I'm just kind of going off, um. It says that she died and route to uh, a hospital in 2001 after she was found with a gunshot wound uh, to the head uh, in her Texas home, who she shared with her uh, her boyfriend. Uh, Not long before, she split up with her uh, ex-husband and moved in with her two children. She moved from Arkansas to Texas. And her boyfriend into his house, who was Ronnie Joe uh, Hendrick, Trying to see if they actually the case and Okay, so they actually hired a private investigator for this one. It's kind of interesting. Uh, so apparently they attempted they attempted to say that she shot herself. There was a. Uh, a guilty plea put in, and this was put in by uh, her boyfriend, um, Ronnie Joe uh, Hendricks. You know, it's it's kind of interesting, you know, let's think of the dynamics of this, right? The woman's just gone through a divorce. Divorces suck, because, you know, I, I know a little bit about those. Uh, even breaking up with people kind of really sucks, because especially if you care about them. I mean, if you don't care about them, you know, it's, it's this whole new venture, you know, new life, yada, 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 happy horse shit. Especially, especially that shit your friends are always trying to tell you, oh, you know, now you got, can do this, that, and the other thing. Well, sometimes it's not all about that shit, you know? Um, but here she is, you know, she moves in with this guy, and he turns into be a, a, a freaking killer. Um, you know, that just, that just sucks. I'm, I'm glad he plead dealed out. Um, because he deserves what he needs to get. Uh, here's a murder of uh, Renea uh, uh, Rison. Um, trying to see what year this was. I think this was in 93. She was a 16-year-old, 16-year-old's 16-year-old. Boy, that was a tongue, tongue twister there. She disappeared in uh, 93 to be found uh, dead a month later in an Indiana pond by a fisherman. Man, these fishermen, they find all kind of dead bodies. You know, I love to fish, but Jesus, you know what? Keep the dead body part out of it. If I can't catch it with a hook, I'm kind of good. Uh, the case was ruled a homicide in 93, aired on America's most wanted. It remained unsolved uh, until just a few years ago, when an arrest was made involving her former boyfriend Jason Tibbs, now 38. You, you know what is it with you boyfriends? I mean, is it just at that point? Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because you know what? I mean, I you know, I've had feelings like that too. That you know, you're gonna um. When you, when you meet somebody that special, that you always want them to be around, but just remember the thing: uh, what goes on today might not be your future; it may just be history. Always remember that. So, uh, and then it said a, a former friend, Eric Freeman, who said he saw Tibbs strangle rison and then assisted him in disposing of her body in the pond. Like you know people, let me just tell you something, and you know, I don't care if you have religious backgrounds, more, you know, you have to have some type of morals and ethics for yourself, okay? You know, if you help a person do this, or you know a person that did something like this, or you witness it, and you don't say or do anything about it, you are just as guilty, and when when you Close your eyes for the last time. Don't think the guy upstairs ain't doesn't have that on his checklist. So instead of going taking the up the elevator going to the to the third floor, you may be going down to the basement. So just remember that shit, mm-hmm. and that that is as true as it can be. Um, I hate people that make the statement. Um, I'm afraid, you know, that they'll come back after me. Let me tell you what. Let me give you some good advice. For someone that's been in law enforcement for a long time, when somebody kills somebody. Their asses are running. They ain't coming back for shit. You know what I'm saying? This ain't the mafia movies. This ain't the movies. Uh, people run and they run because they don't want to get caught. And by not telling the police, you're allowing somebody that's a violent killer or has assaulted somebody or abducted whatever. You're allowing these people to do it again. So you are no better than they are. So get that right out of your get that right get that right out of your little head. Okay. Next one was, um, uh, let me see, this was uh, 2005, this was May 2005, uh, Cyriline Wineski, uh, she was found outside of a uh, uh, Ronald McDonald house in St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, she had been a uh, raped and strangled. Um, unfortunately, you know, here, here's the, the situation with this. And, you know, I wish the law enforcement world would really just take a listen to me for a second. You know, when when somebody that's a, an addict, alcoholic, transient, or lives at some, you know, prostitute, we seem in law enforcement, like I've never had this, this, this degrader or less of a value uh, thing for life, but you know, Let's face it; they, these are not as aggressively um, investigated. I don't care what anybody says; they're not that invested. You know, it just doesn't happen. You know, usually if there's a uh, a co- you know a CODIS DNA match, okay, that's one thing. But uh, I, I did something on a case. Uh, this was years ago. Uh, the last name was Lockerbie. Or, or, Lansbury. And, um, this, this case, you know what, we'll, we'll do something specifically on this case. I already have actually done it. Probably like in episode five or six. But this case was so, such, so mishandled. And the reason it was mishandled was because she, you know, she had an addiction problem. She was a, um, you know, she, she worked in, on the streets, you know, and, um, you know, just like just like the Roy Weber case that I did, um, you know, it seems to be a less a less of a uh, priority in an investigation, which is completely ridiculous. I don't know how that happens. Well, I do know how it happens. I just don't want to tell you how it happens because it would really slap sometimes law enforcement in the face. But you know, we can't have the the better than I attitude. Okay. But uh, in this case, with Sutherland, uh, Weinsky, a um, DNA uh, was collected at the scene, uh, had been, had been, you know, in the in the for years, and it had been linked to Raymond Samuels, age 31. Uh, he was in prison for 2006. He was in prison since 2006 for um, kidnapping and attempted murder. Now, now, here's the issue, what people don't understand, especially these these, these, these um, DAs and everything in New York City, which, you know, these people, I, I don't know where they hire them from, but, you know, I, I think we stopped giving out uh, toys in the, uh, um, the Cracker Jack boxes, but I guess not. Uh, these district attorneys with their, uh, you know, repealing this, you know, parole, repealing this. Um, this person had already been arrested prior um, in Ohio for attempted murder and kidnapping. So why the hell do you think, if you give this guy an early parole, he's not going to kill somebody? You know why? Because you are looking for votes. You're probably one of those libertarians who, you know... Free free kumbayawa. Well, it doesn't work that way in the real world. You see, you see, let me, let me, and here we go on a, a political ramp. I'm just going to say this for one thing. The 1960s version of a liberal and today's version are completely askew. In the 60s, when the liberal movement started, these were people that were kind of laid back, you know, everything was cool. As long as it didn't interfere with them, it was cool, you know, or hurt anybody, it was good. Um, The liberal movement now is just extremism. You know, um, let's let everybody out of prison. Um, Yeah, let's do that and see what the hell happens. Let's let cops do what, what they can or what they're supposed to be doing for a living, because you shouldn't hurt people's feelings. Well, you know what? The next time you get grabbed in a parking lot and somebody's sticking a knife into you, Or has a gun up against your head. Just remember that. Of course you're not going to be able to tell me. Because you're going to be dead soon. When that happens to you. So. You know just. You know get up and smell the roses. Or you may be smelling the roses. From the bottom up. So just remember that. Then we have. uh, Solve through DNA. The murder of three. Prostitutes. 1990 in Spokane, Washington. The, um, these three uh, females, one was the Yolanda Sapp, 26 years old, uh, Nikki Lowell, 34, and Kathleen voice uh, 38. They'd all been shot and killed with a 22 uh, caliber handgun. And arrested was Donna Donna Perry, 61. So she was arrested, let me see, 13 years later. Uh, Perry, prior prior to the 1996 charges, was arrested on federal prison charges for illegal, owning an illegal firearm. You see, and here again, people, you have to understand, you know, yes, I'm talking to you as a cop. But you have to understand, you have to have law enforcement. You have to allow them to do their jobs You know, listen, people get hurt doing law enforcement because we struggle with people. We fight with people to get them under control. It's either us fight them or you fight them. Simple. It only works one way. We're better equipped to handle this. You're not. Okay? Don't let these DAs and these uh, knuckleheads in these big cities and these, uh, you know, rights mongers try to convince you different you know because you got to understand the the ideology of most of these uh, rights mongers the reason they want indefinite rights is because they violated a lot of rights in their time their reasons for it aren't just reasons they're just reasons so keep that in mind you know Uh let me see. The murder of Maria Rudolph, 1957. Uh, and it was actually solved, believe it or not, by a, a deathbed confession of a mother. 55 years later, uh, let me see, Rudolph was taken from the street. She was kidnapped from uh, a street in uh, Sackmore, Illinois, is to be found choked and uh, stabbed to death. Okay, they don't give me an actual case, and but uh, a 72-year-old security guard, Jack. um, Looks like McCullen was arrested for a crime. However, it was forensic science that led the police to reinvestigate McCullen as a potential suspect. By the deathbed confession of his mother in '94 said she lied about his alibi, according to the uh, Huffman Post. In 2008, McCone's half-sister passed on this information to police. McCullen had been one of the 100 uh, potential suspects, but seemed to have uh, rock solid al- a rock-solid rock alibi at the time of the murder. His mother uh, had backed up his... Uh, Whereabouts, however, with her admission about her alibi, police reinvestigated him. And he was sentenced to life in prison in 2012. Okay? And see, people, here again, here again, and I'm going to preach to you, that you need to open your mouth. Open your grocery hole, whatever you want to call it. You need to let people know. Because between that, this was 55 years ago that this mother kept this this, this information. She lied to protect her kid. I wouldn't protect my kid that bad. I'm sorry. You know, yes, I understand the relationship between parents and siblings. However, there is a, div- a del- line of division. Okay? So you have to understand that. Is a line of division, um, and this mother was just as guilty as he was for for this homicide. And how do we know who he, who else he might may have killed, raped, or kidnapped in between those that in that, those fifty-five years? You don't. And then he's a security guard. Okay, nineteen eighty one. Patricia Beard. This was solved by a DNA. Uh, uh, Beard was a stra- died of strangulation in Denver. She had also been raped. DNA samples taken in July two thousand thirteen. Beard thirty two. She was thirty two, and she was mentally disabled. Now here's another issue you deal with is. Individuals that are mentally disabled or have mental disorders uh, are very gullible. Okay? And they make easy targets for, uh, you know, people. Let's see. um, There was an arrest. His name was Hector Bencom. I know he is, 53 of Pennsylvania. He denied ever knowing Beard, but DNA evidence indicated he was he had sexual contact with Beard within the hours following her death. Uh, his wife painted him as a violent man. Now imagine that happening! Imagine that happening! And who knows who knows better than his wife, right? So, just keep that in mind. I mean. You know there are you know and, and crimes are patterns and people are patterns and life is patterns. Everything is based around patterns. You got you got to understand this. And um, although these were only a few cases, and I went off some scripted notes, um, law enforcement is still attempting to actively um, solve these cases. However, you have to realize, you know, in some states, more than others, you have, you know, large forensic labs, and you have more than one, and they are continuously attempting to solve crimes. you know, where you come to a state like Connecticut, where there's probably only one really major uh, uh, source of uh, forensic uh, evaluation... Which is normally done by the state police. Um, it makes it very tough because of the number of cases throughout the state over the years to, you know, um, you know examine and reevaluate uh, evidence, especially from a forensic perspective, because the, the you know, Connecticut, they they just. At one time, law enforcement in Connecticut had a lot of funding. They did a lot of cold cases, forensic cases. The um, manpower was up. Uh, people were able to do, you know, do their job. Unfortunately, over the past years, the governors that we've had, um, you know, because they live in their, you know, white picket fence houses, they don't seem to find the need to put money into solving crimes, especially older crimes. Uh, the departments are understaffed because Connecticut's now uh, signed into law this indemnity bill, where <clears throat> uh, cities, if they find that you've done something wrong, <clears throat> and this is just this is just a bullshit. I'm kind of kind of emphasizing this a little bit that they're not going to cover you from a lawsuit. Well, here's the problem, you know, and, and this is what gets me about these um, these legislators. I call them fools. They all need little red noses and and dumbo ears. Um, They have no clue. These idiots voting this shit in have no clue what they're talking about. Okay? Law enforcement is not the world of nice people. Get it through your head legislators. These are people that are violent, that want to hurt people, and kill people. And people that are arrested by the police, 97% of them, are guilty of something. When they're stopped. They're not stopped for no reason. you are stopped because they're black, they're white, they're Hispanic, they're Asian. You know what? Get that shit out of your head. That's not why they're stopped. Okay? They're stopped for a valid reason. And usually that reason, which is probably criminal at most, at least, at minimum, only leads to further criminal investigation in the cases. And the courts now, oh, you can't do this when you stop a car, you can't do this, you can't do that. Why don't you just give them a fucking key to this city, baby, and let them do what the hell they want? You know, but I'll tell you what, if it was a judge, a DA, a legislator, or a senator, that was a victim of a crime, oh, that'd be the biggest thing that ever happened. But if it's like you, me, every other citizen, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to prove this to you right now. You think about big inner cities, drive-bys on a daily basis. Do they go into the news? No. Because you know what? It's not a cop shot somebody. If a cop shot somebody, oh, it's big news. It doesn't matter. 95% of these things are on TV. Cop shooting a a civilian. The civilian's guilty. Get it through your head. Stop making excuses for people. Right? You make excuses. Numbers talk. Statistics talk. We don't like this. We don't like that. Look at the statistics. Okay? But you don't want to look at the statistics. You know why? Because the truth hurts. Can't deny the numbers, but it is—it's bullshit. The human, the the, the general citizen tree of this country has been so convinced by the by the media, and by these dysfunctional attorneys, judges, you know, and special interest groups in this that they. You don't know what crime is. Besides what you watch on CSI. You have no clue what crime is. I'd like to take some of you people who want to let all these criminals go while you live in your little white house with your little white picket fence. I'd like to take you to some of the housing projects and drop your little ass off there, baby. And let you see how these people that live there are imprisoned in their own environment because of these thugs that you want to let go. So you know what? Before you give me any of your bullshit, know what you're talking about because you don't. I hate getting on these rants, but you know what? Sometimes people just need to be told how it is. And if you don't like it, tough shit. Because you know what? You're not the people that are victims. You weren't. You weren't related to any of these people that were murdered here. You weren't related to these people that were murdered here whose murderer had been let go or was on other pending charges. If that was your damn daughter or your son, blame yourself, because you're the ones that make these stupid rules. Okay? These judges, oh, God, well, if you see something in the car, you need... Listen, cops are cops. We know when somebody's a criminal and what they're doing. Don't throw your bullshit into it. Oh, you're so concerned about everything. Why? Why the hell are you concerned? Really, think about it. Why are they concerned? To them, you know, the Constitution is flexible to the way they want to make it. It's not. It's in writing. Okay? Okay? We are a country of law, but maybe you should tell some of your judges and your district attorneys and your prosecutors that, because apparently whatever school they went to, that wasn't part of the, the team plan. So on that note, before I go into another rant and really get myself into some crap by F and everybody up and down, which I do quite often, as you people know, um, these were cases that were solved by DNA. The technology will get better. Uh, people will be caught more frequently. Um, pretty soon it's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be almost an unsolvable... Everything is going to be solvable. You know, in my way of looking at things, and I know you're jumping, and yelling, and yelling, say shit, but I don't care. If it was up to me, you know what? When you were born, fingerprints, footprints, blood DNA. Within 50 years, there would be no... Unsolved crimes. Oh, you're violating my rights. Well, if you're not a criminal, don't freaking worry about it. Right? Don't worry about it. If you're not a criminal, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah, am I a hard ass? I am a hard ass because you know what? I'm sick and tired of a country where everybody thinks they can do what the hell they want. Say what the hell they want because... I have free will. Well, just remember, baby, free will is just a yardstick to your own self-content. You know, because there's people out there that are victims of crime every day, and usually these crimes are perpetrated by someone that has been let loose early, that should have never been let loose. Why? Because of all these right mongers. You know. Let me tell you what. I'm not good at politics, but I'm good at crime, and I could give I could have given Rush Limbaugh a run for his money. I could give Sliwa a run for his money. Although we're all on the same page, I could give all of them a run for their money. Because I can, I'll tell you what. You think you think they they put it out there? Oh, I can put it out there too. But I've done the job, so I can really put it out there. I'm not making estimations. Then once again, I probably shook up half of my crowd, but I have over 4,000 listeners, so you know what, if I lose a couple hundred, what does that matter? doesn't. The only people I want to listen are the people that want to hear the truth, and the people that want to hear the truth probably aren't bad people at all. They are people that, just like everybody else, just wants to get up in the morning, live their life the best they can, and not have to be worried about some creeper sneaking around in the hallway, stealing their shit, trying to kill them, rob them, and murder them. Okay, they just want to get up in the morning, do their thing, enjoy their life, and move on. So, now that I've just bitch everybody out, and it only took me 30, well, about 35 minutes. So, until then, next time, I will see you at episode number 100, I believe, 49. Uh, don't know what that is yet. Maybe we'll just do the Home Depot rant after this just to, just to piss them off, too. Until then, I am Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night's Darker Podcast.